0: Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that he is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to I Am Persuaded, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I truly hope this episode and the one that was before this has was and will be an encouragement to you. And my prayer for this episode is that you would leave, after listening to it, uh, being more equipped and understanding what does it mean to walk with Jesus. And so to set the backstory here, uh, each year for youth group, I'm the youth pastor at Beulah Baptist Church, each year the Lord, uh, lay, I pray and I seek the Lord for a word or a theme for the year. And so two years ago, the youth group, we looked at the word growth, and my prayer was that we as a youth group would grow spiritually and grow maturing in our faith. And truthfully, there's no better way to grow spiritually than to read Scripture. So that year we spent a whole year just studying the New Testament, reading five chapters in the New Testament a week, and hopefully most of the teenagers read all of the Bible, all of the New Testament at least, in that year. Last year we looked at the word free, and I firmly believe the Lord gave me and us that word simply because there were a lot of Christians wanting to grow, but something was stunning that growth, and simply they were not growing because sin had chains still around them they were saved but they had not been set free because they had not come to jesus and realized his plan for their life was to live in his freedom that he come to bring and so we looked at last year we looked at freedom from sin and what does it mean to live free in our relationship with jesus now this year the lord gave me a word and the word is walk and this comes out of Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, where the Bible says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That last phrase, it's a command that we are to walk in Jesus. So what does it mean to walk in Jesus? It's walking through the Christian life, and it's something we are all called to do. If you think back to Genesis chapter 5, the testimony and life of Enoch in Scripture says, And Enoch walked with God. You see that phrase repeated throughout scriptures uh, about the scripture who about men who were faithful to their relationship with Jesus. So here's my prayer and burden for the youth group and why I'm sharing this is because I believe this is not just something teenagers need to get a hold of. I believe the concept of walking with Jesus is something every Christian needs to get a hold of. So no matter if you've been saved one week or you've been saved uh, 50 years, you have to understand walking with Jesus is vital to you growing in your spiritual journey. And so I believe there are a lot of people who were saved. They can take me back to a time and a place where they called on the name of Jesus and Jesus alone, but they never continued walking in Christ after that. And so I hear too many Christians say things like, I feel like a nobody or I feel like I'm not growing or I feel like I'm not in the right place and I can't understand uh, scriptures or I just don't read it. And the truth of the matter is we have a lot of born-again Christians who have never learned to walk. So let us take our minds uh, back to when you were in the age range of 8 to eight, 18 months old. So you probably can't remember that, but you parents, you remember your child being around this age, age range. Grandparents, you remember your, your child and your grandkids being around this age range. And so if you can remember those days, it was sometime in that age range that your baby and you at that age learned to crawl. Then as your muscles grew in strength and you received the proper nourishment, you wobbling picked yourself up and stood. And then eventually, as a baby, between 8 and 18 months old, some younger, some later, you took your first step as a baby. There are probably videos in a lot of your VCR cabinets at home of your child's first steps of you as the mom, you as the dad, or maybe even your parents going crazy and cheering you on as, as, you, as they were so excited that their child has taken their first steps. But then all of a sudden, as a parent, you realized all of the potential danger that could befall the child if they had, if they slipped, if they fell and hit their head, and there were so many dangers. And so, walking physically it takes years of practice to get right it takes a lot of strength takes a lot of encouragement for it to finally just become second nature how we walk today and so while you are beginning to walk a lot of parents will realize there's a lot of dangers there's a lot of coaching there's a lot of nourishment there's a lot of patience that's going to have to be dealt as a child is learning to walk and so when we come to colossians chapter 2 that's kind of paul's heart he has some newly converted Christians that are just learning to walk in Jesus, but he also realizes that there are some sinful pitfalls that await every Christian. And the truth of the matter is, if we are not walking in Christ, we're walking in darkness and sudden pitfalls are awaiting us around every single corner. So in this episode, let us begin just a couple weeks study on what does it mean to actually walk in as a Christian and walk in Christ. We're gonna be very simple in this episode, very practical in this episode. So the first thing I wanna point out from verse number six is walking requires receiving Christ. Walking requires you and I for we first have to receive Christ. And so this first thought, it's rather simple, but it's just introducing this theme and this idea of what does it mean to walk with Jesus. And so just like any course, that you've taken in college or some in high school, you've heard the word prerequisite. So meaning you must take this class or you must fulfill this requirement in order for you to get into a program. And you have to have all these things accomplished. Then you can take the class or get into a program. But to be eligible for that class, you must have taken or completed all of the prerequisites. That's the idea with walking in Christ. You first must have this prerequisite out of the way. You say, what is it? Well, listen as I read verse 6. It says, as ye therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, now walk in him. Or so, walk ye in him. So what's the prerequisite? You have to, at some point in your life, have received Christ Jesus. Now, what does it mean to receive Christ Jesus? It means that you have, by faith, Believed in the finished work of Jesus on Calvary. In other words, you have believed in the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. You've placed your whole faith in Him, and you've received the free gift that He has to offer, which is eternal life. In other words, you've been saved, you've been born again, you know your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, and you know you are in Jesus, and Jesus is in you, and you are a child of God. So, how do you receive Him? It's by faith in His gospel. However, I love the wording Paul uses here in this verse. It is the only time in Scripture you will see Jesus' name referenced in this way. Paul calls him Christ Jesus the Lord. This bears great significance. So Jesus' earthly name, it was Jesus. Same as Joshua, it was just like a common name. And so Jesus was just his his common earthly name. His deity name was Christ, which implies his exalting that has been done by the Father. Then Paul calls him the Lord, meaning master of all. So Paul is telling his readers that the one you have received, the one who you have received, the one who is exalted, But he also humbled himself as a man to save us and become our Lord, the master of all. That is the one we have received, who is currently exalted at the right hand of the Father. But 2,000 years ago fulfilled the plan of salvation by humbling himself to earth to die upon the cross for our sins. And in doing so, he became Lord of all. So Jesus, the humble servant, Christ, the exalted deity, the exalted God, The Lord, our master, our savior, our salvation is Jesus. So Paul says, this is the person you have to have received in order to walk in Jesus. But then he goes on. Once you've received Christ Jesus, here's the command, walk in him. Once you've placed your faith in him, walk in him. The next step in your faith is to learn to walk just like a newborn. They learn to walk next after being born, and that is how the Christian life is pictured in Scripture. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says this, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that, th- that ye may grow thereby. And so this will sound rather cliche and kind of like, well, duh, but for a newborn babe to walk, they first must be born, right? right. And so that's true in your spiritual walk. You cannot begin walking the Christian life until you've first been born again, until you've first been saved. So for a newborn babe to walk, they must be born, but then they must grow their bones and get stronger and receive nourishment. So how does that happen? The proper diet. They need nutrition from milk. As their bones begin to grow, they can walk, and it's not steady in the beginning. But over time, from practice and strength and in guidance and encouragement and nutrition, they are able to walk. And eventually, for the child, it becomes second nature. And so is true with your spiritual walk. You must be born again, but you must grow and have a steady diet on the Word of God. That's what Peter's getting at in 1 Peter chapter 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word of God, that ye may grow thereby. And so as you grow... And in the one you've placed your faith in, you learn to walk. So let me ask you, are you walking in Christ? If the answer is no, ask yourself, do I know Jesus personally? Have I believed in the gospel? If so... Am I feasting daily on the word? Listen, you will never have a consistent walk with Jesus if you are not constantly in in your Bible studying it, reading it, and applying it to your life. So that takes us to the second thought from these few verses, and that comes in verse 7. And this is walking requires being grounded. Walking requires being grounded. Verse number 7 says this, Rooted and built up in him. "...established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving." Those fir- That first phrase, rooted and built up in him. And so verse 7 of this chapter, Paul lays out what a Christian who is walking in Christ, very practically what he looks like. Then in verse 8, he gives us some dangers of what will happen if we fail to obey verse 7. So verse 6, 7, and 8, they seamlessly fit together. So Paul gives a few different metaphors here for us to clearly understand what he is saying. The first word here is rooted. So Paul says in the beginning of verse 7, we are to be rooted. And so the Greek word here simply means to become stable or thoroughly grounded. So this verse connects with what was said in verse 6 where we are to be walking in Jesus. But just like the newborn babe, when they take their first steps, are they running a marathon? Absolutely not. They're wobbly. They're not stable. They're constantly falling over. And so is the new Christian, or one that has not been fed on Scripture and who has not really began their Christian walk. When we start off, we're wobbly. We're unstable in our walk early on. And so what is it that causes us to grow from being unstable to stable? What takes us from being ungrounded to grounded? What takes us to become stable in our walk with Jesus? It's simple. We must dig our root system deep in Christ and become rooted. You say, how do I do that? It's scripture. There is a tree in California. It's been nicknamed Methuselah. Now, I do not always rely on scientific dating and the way that they date things and say it's such and such years old. And so this is not me saying this is 100% true. However, there is a tree that is same, claimed to be 4,600 years old, and it, it's in California. So that means this tree in California, if this is true, would have been around in the time of Genesis, just to put the time frame post-flood, this tree is really old. And so if that is true, and again, I'm not saying that it is, how is it possible? Each year, that tree had to dig its roots a little deeper. It had to find rich, nourishing soil to help its growth. And each year, those roots, they would continue to grow. They would continue to dig deeper inside of the foundation that was under it. And listen, that's true for us. For us to walk in Christ, we are clearly As what we are clearly called to do, we must have our root system deep in the Word and in Christ Jesus. This life is built around our faith, and not just our initial saving faith, but day by day, moment by moment, faith in Him that carries us through life. Psalm 1 verse 3 says this, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The godly Christian who is walking in Christ, is what. that's what the psalmist is talking about in Psalm 1. He claims he's a growing, walking, rooted Christian who is bearing fruit in their life. Then Paul goes on to say not only is a Christian walking to be rooted, but they're to be built up. And so verse 7 says rooted and built up. And so the Greek word here paints the picture of laying one layer upon another. And so it could imply to build a house or, or to build something. And so literally, it means to build upon something that has already been built. So for us to have the proper walk in our Christian life, we must begin building our foundation on something that has already been laid. We are not called to lay our own foundation and our own power. Instead, we are called to build our life upon what Jesus Christ has already accomplished. So we are to build our life upon his gospel that he has provided for us. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10-11, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. And let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid is Jesus Christ. So Paul's clear, our foundation must be Jesus, and that foundation is already laid. He he completed it on the cross. So you see, many times we attempt to build our lives on top of things that do not matter at all. We attempt to build our lives upon social media, A following, a friend group, a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a family, a nice house, a nice car, a nice job. The list could go on and on. But listen, all of those, they crumble and fall. Only a life that is built upon Jesus and his word, that life will stand. Then Paul goes on to say, through being rooted and built up, we are established in the faith. And we are to be overflowing with thanksgiving. That's how verse 7 ends. Listen to it again. Rooted and built up in him established in the faith having been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving that word that phrase having been taught it's vital that we're under teaching and preaching of God's word so for us to truly learn and grow we need to be instructed by those that have already lived the life and they can instruct us with scripture and teach us how to walk the Christian walk then he says we are to be thank people of thanksgiving The Christian who is walking in Christ, even though the storms of life finds them, the Christian knows it's easy to praise him. So even in the darkest of storm, even in the darkest of circumstance, the Christian can find it easy to praise Jesus for who he is. Because he has already accomplished so much for us, our only response is to praise his name. And so I had a conversation with a man just a couple of weeks ago in my office, and he's a man who loves the Lord, but he's had health issues, his family's had health issues, his, he's been battling cancer, his wife's had some things going on, but he said, out of all these things that have went wrong in my life, I'm still at a place where I can say God is good, Jesus is still good, he's still merciful to me. How can he say that? He has a proper walk with Jesus. The last thing I want us to look at is this, walking requires being aware. Walking requires being aware. Verse 8 says this, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So here is where Paul is that excited parent to see his child walk, but then he realizes there are dangers that await them. And trust me, the more rooted and built up you are, and the better witness you are, Satan's going to be more furious with you. So he will attempt to pull you down. He will attempt to knock you off track. He will attempt to make you dismantle your root system in the word of God. And he does that through many ways. And Paul is speaking here about false teaching that is spreading quite honestly like wildfire today. And so look how verse 8 begins. It says, beware. This word means look out, watch out, take heed, um, be on lookout, be aware of. And so Paul here is issuing a warning to his readers of things they need to look out for. He says the first thing you need to watch out for is someone spoiling you. The word for spoil here simply means to rob or to take captive. So picture, uh, we, we see it on the news all the time, there's been a kidnapping or a car thief. Someone has taken a child that does not belong to them. They've taken the child captive by removing him or her from their family and the parents that love them in their safe environment. The child has been removed. So is true with the car thief. They rob you of what you have and take it away from you. And that's what Paul is warning us of here in verse 8. He says there's dangers that await the young, newly walking Christian. So beware, because there are people and Satan that want to rob you of what you have. What do they want to steal from you? They want you to abandon your thought process of firmly being planted in Jesus Christ. They want you to believe in a false teaching that's not found in Scripture. And so that that is what happened to the church at Galatia. Paul writes in chapter 1, I'm amazed at how soon you were called away from the gospel to another gospel. But then he goes on to say, hey, fellas, there's not another gospel. There's only one gospel, and that's the gospel of Jesus. So often we are guilty of believing whatever we read on the Internet. And I believe we had a teenager in the youth group. He said it like this, and I believe it. He said, you know, the church at large, not speaking of one specific church, But he said the church at large needs to be better at equipping students to be firm in their faith for when they do go off to college and they do go out in the real world because there are secular universities and professors and things on the Internet and things on television that are being pushed at them, and it's an attempt to false indoctrinate people and for these these young people and Christians to start believing things that are completely against Scripture. And so Paul says they do this through philosophy and vain deceit philosophy, and vain deceit. Vain deceit simply can mean empty deception. And so he's simply saying here, beware of those that sound like they're going to change your life with this teaching. But in reality, they're trying to steal what you actually have. There is a teaching going around in so-called churches today called prosperity gospel. And it's if, hey, you say this prayer, you give enough money, everything in life will be great for you. So then Paul says, Through vain deceit or empty deception. This is kind of like the prosperity gospel. Something that sounds good, but leaves you empty and deceived. That is the prosperity gospel. Hey, look, you give this, you say this, you come here, all will be well. But then it's not. That is empty deception. Something that looks promising, looks like it'll change your life, but leaves you empty and joyless. And so... And then he goes on to say through the rudiments, which basically means basic principles or elementary thoughts. And so remember what Jesus said to Peter as he was going into the garden to pray. He said, watch and pray because Satan desires to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Psalm 1-4 says this, the ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind driveth away. That chaff is what Jesus was speaking to Peter. So here's Satan's plan for your life as a Christian. He doesn't want you walking with Jesus. He wants you believing every false teaching that you hear, every bit of the prosperity gospel, every heresy that will come, so that you take your mind off of Jesus. When he says Satan desires to have you to sift you like wheat, chaff and wheat, when the wind blows, it goes every direction. But if someone is firmly planted in Scripture, they're like that tree in California, like Methuselah. The winds may come and the winds may blow, but that tree's not moving. But as someone that's not rooted and built up, when the winds come, they're easily blown away. They easily go to these false teaching. They easily listen to whatever's being said on the Internet, and they never back it up with Scripture. And so, so many Christians today are buying into these unbiblical agendas And Satan wants you to follow every breeze of false teaching and temptation and lust that comes your way. And they will even today be titled, this is Christianity. There's scripture to back it up, but what they're teaching and spreading is complete heresy, and it's not scripture. And so listen, if you're not walking with Jesus, you're walking in darkness, and you're walking with Satan, and you're walking with the world. If you're not walking in Christ, you're not growing. And so Jesus' plan for your life is for you to grow and be a mature Christian so that you can disciple others and you can show others how to walk in Christ. And I believe we have so many Christians who are saved, but they're not discipled, they're not growing, and frankly, they're not walking with Jesus. So through this episode and in the next maybe couple of episodes, I want you to think about what does it mean to actually walk with Christ And we'll probably get more specific in a few episodes later. But just think about it today. Have I received Jesus? Am I constantly feasting on the word? Am I receiving nourishment from scripture? Am I growing in scripture? If not, I don't have a walk with Jesus. You are called, listen to me Christian, you are called to have a consistent walk with him. That's how your life will change. Is when you are reading scripture, you are rooted in scripture, and you're honestly walking with Jesus day by day moment by moment, issue by issue, thought by thought, you are walking with Jesus. And so I pray that you will consider what it means to walk with Jesus. And honestly, you'll analyze your life. Am I walking with Jesus or am I walking in the world? Because you're only walk, you're walking in one of the two places. But Christ has called you to walk in him and he saved you for a purpose, that you are to be rooted and built up and you're to proclaim Jesus to those you come in contact with. As always, I pray you have a great Friday. And God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.